Scaling your law firm doesn't have to be difficult. It is all about mastering a few key strategies, systems, and mindset. Welcome to the Being Unstoppable podcast, dedicated to helping you scale your law firm without burnout. I am your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I have successfully scaled my firm so that it doesn't rely on me. Listen in as I share with you how you can do the same. Let's transform your business starting now. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. Today we have a very special guest who is going to be talking to us about her law firm journey and I'm really excited to introduce you very shortly. But first of all, I would love to talk to you about my free workshop that is live. Uh, So it is coming up in the next week or so. Head on over to my website www.scalablelaw.com to join me in my free uh, webinar where I'm going to teach you how to build a seven-figure law firm without burnout. That's the most important thing, how to build a firm that gives you profit and more freedom without burning out on the way through. I see so many law firm owners who really, really struggle with burnout because they are just overdoing it. And as you're going to be hearing really soon from our guest, she bought herself a job for many years before she started really scaling her firm and creating a firm where it gave her more freedom. So if you would love to know how to avoid that and avoid burnout and quickly get to your seven figures, then head on over to my website and join up to my free live webinar that's coming up very soon. So first of all, before we get started, I have got a review. Gold Coast Injury Lawyer, thank you so much for leaving a review for me. I have been meaning to write a review for a while, she said, but time got away from me. I often don't make time to listen to podcasts, but whenever I listen to Carolee's, there's a nugget of gold or several that I walk away with. Her podcasts are easy to listen to, practical, and it inspires me to take action. I now have my own side hustle, which Carolee inspired me to create and and helped me to believe I could achieve that goal. Thanks, Carolee. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for that amazing um, review. And if you want to find Anna, she is at Gold Coast Injury Lawyer and also at Expert Witness Coach, which is a online program that Anna runs. So head on over and follow her. If you would like to leave a review, do so by scrolling down to wherever you are tuning in from. Leave a review and leave me your um, handle so that we know how to um, contact you and we will give you a shout out on the podcast as well. Anyway, let's get stuck into today's podcast. So today we have a very special guest. She is one of my incredible students. Her name is Callie Stanford. And she has got a law firm called Stanford Solicitors and Mediators located in the suburbs in Sydney. She specializes in estate planning, family law and mediation. And she has been plugging away at her law firm since 1999. 
It is so interesting chatting with Kelly about the ups and downs of owning a law firm and exactly how she got started, uh, what then happened after that, and then how she has discovered that scaling her firm has been able to bring her a whole lot more joy because she has more freedom now than she has had in the past. She explains throughout the chat that we have that she really bought herself a job when she started her law firm and she was stuck in that job for quite a while until more recently when she's discovered through the Scalable Business Lounge that uh, she can scale and actually create a business that gives her a lifestyle that she loves. And that is exactly what she is doing. So I would love, without further ado, to introduce you to Kelly Stanford from Stanford's Solicitors and Mediators. Hello, Kelly, and welcome to the podcast. So I've already done a little intro on you and um, now it's just time to get to meet you and talk about your um, life as a law firm owner. So would you like to give us a little bit of a download about um, you, where you're located, what your firm is called, what area of practice you're in, that sort of thing. Thank you for having me. I... uh... My firm's based in Sydney, in a suburb of Sydney called Camden. Uh, we're probably about an hour out of the city itself. Very busy area of MacArthur. Our main practice areas, well, our, the two areas that we focus on are uh, family law and estate planning is the other one. So um, they're both nice areas where you get to help people, which is good um yeah so that's why we like that awesome and what sort of um what percentage of family law do you do versus estate planning oh it's probably 75 family 25 estate at the moment yeah awesome and has it always been that way or have you um sort of taken on one more than the other no we my um firm started but (laughs) doing conveyancing that's what I wanted to do I didn't want to do anything else I didn't want to do any litigation none of that rubbish um and somehow I ended up doing family law and care and protection work and uh you know the usual stuff that happens in the local court that once you've done it a few times you wish you'd never done it um (laughs) Uh, it just wasn't my cup of tea right yeah 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 you know they say there's a job for everyone that was not a job for me yeah um so (laughs) so I you know I did a little bit of crime and um although you wouldn't want me to do anything for you currently other than it maybe a plea in a drink drive that's it that's about I'm the same I would be absolutely useless inside of the, the the criminal court so I enjoy family law. Um, uh, it used to baffle me, uh, but now, you know, years and years and years later, I finally understand the method in the madness. Well, I think I do anyway. And estate planning I've always loved. Um, I've been working, you know, hard in the background, you know, learning and, you know, honing that side of my skills as well. So taken a long time but yeah, yeah that's awesome so before we really launch into learning more about 
um, your journey as a law firm owner, Mm. I always ask my guests the same question, and that is what makes you unstoppable? I think it is because I just don't give up. If I want to learn how to do something, want to know how to do something, I just keep going until I do it, even if it scares the crap out of me. Um, there's only a couple of things that I, I will procrastinate on that really scare me, uh, but most things I will just jump in and have a crack. I love that. You know um, that you know they say uh, you know there's a percentage I can't remember what it is, but of businesses fail within their first yeah. twelve months or the first five years. Five years yeah. I really think part of that is that you know the first twelve months and five years can be really really hard. Yeah. Um, going and it's not necessarily what you think it's going to be you know it's not the million dollar business straight up um it's not the freedom straight away it's not any of those things and I think so many people they give up um and that's why businesses don't last because you know the going gets tough and people go this is just too hard and so it's a you know testament that if you don't give up um, and you keep pushing through that you can have a really successful law firm that mm. you know, um, stands the test of time. So tell me um, about your entry into having your own law firm. So I'm gathering you were working at another practice somewhere and then um, and then what, what then happened and um, why did you decide to go out on your own? Uh, I was, I did law as a mature age student. I was married and had two little kids at the time while I was going to uni three nights a week. Uh, I worked for a few different firms and some of them were really good and some of them were not so great. You know, I had ones where I had to, if I wanted some a check signed after lunch, I had to head around to the local pub to get my boss to sign it. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, one of those sort of firms, yeah. you know. Um, and but I've also had really great, you know, employers as well, where you know we were treated well. And so, um, when uh, one of my last bosses, who was he was really uh, great, uh, I absolutely loved him to death, and he suddenly passed away with a brain tumor. Oh, that's really. And sick. he'd said to me before. Um, he got sick, you know, like, Kelly, you should go and do law, you should go and do law. And, you know, I was working as a paralegal then. I said, yeah, no, I don't think so. And then he passed away and his brother said to me, Kelly, David always talked about you and said that, you know, you really should do law and he really thought you could do it. And I went, oh, really? Like I only went to year 10. Like, are you serious? Um, But anyway, so I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a crack and that's what I did. And then during that study period I've worked for some pretty ordinary people and thought if they can do it I can can't be that that's awesome and it's just amazing how one person can influence your life in such a you know incredible way because what a fantastic career to be a lawyer and what a fantastic career to own your own firm and be able to lead people as well so thanks to David was it David yes David yeah um here you are which is just awesome well not just David obviously um he planted the seed and you did all the hard work but that's 
that's just such a great story and I'm sure that he'd be super proud of you if he knew. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So if they can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. Um, so what sort of then sort of prompted you to really take that leap of faith? Uh, I think it's just, uh, like I said, I'd worked for some pretty crappy people and I thought surely I can surely I can do this, right, and not be crappy about it. So that's what I tried to do. I think I'm a, I don't think I'm a bad employer you know I'm um pretty laid back pretty easy to work around I do have my quirks like everybody does but yeah that was I was actually in hindsight I was buying myself a job so did you buy into a practice or did you no, start your own started out of my own yeah but I was you know to me in my mind I had to buy things to set this practice up right you yes. know I had to buy all this equipment and stuff and back then you know there was still faxes and <laughs> right so when was this that that you did that you uh, so I finished uni at the end of 98 or 99 something like that so it was around 1999 awesome that's so great yeah and then, um, and then enter your and like back then as well. Like a lot of people these days, I mean, the entry into your own practice is seems a lot easier today, even even compared to when I started my own practice. Because even back in two thousand and twelve, there was nothing like remote working. No, that's um, right. You so have a shop, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, imagine. I mean, we only just got a website, so I was in the practice that that I'm in now. Um, but didn't take it over till 2012. And so we only got a website in, say, 2009. Everyone was still very heavy on yellow pages, which was getting ridiculously expensive. I can't imagine what the cost would have been in Sydney. Um, But, you know, back then in 1999, you know, you would have had to have had a premises. Yes. Um, Everything would have been very paper-heavy. Yeah. Um, So tell, tell us about some of those challenges back then. Well, it was it was it was finding premises. It was, um, you know, praying that you found somewhere that already had a fit out done, so you didn't have to do yes. that. Somewhere that you know had some storage, so you could put the archive boxes and stuff. Like we um, today, we don't need yes all it's those even, archive you know, boxes. It's even changed really in the last um, maybe seven or eight years because when we moved into this office, I I bought a compactus to put the files in. Right, yes. Well <laughs> and then within oh not very long after that I was I was travelling for work. So I was really relying on Leap in the Cloud. Yes. Leap in the Cloud changed my whole you know practice. Yes. But before that I was using uh, you know, like log me in and stuff like that to log in remotely and that drove me insane yeah that's right well I can remember well we used to we've only very recently gone paperless COVID made us do that so I was definitely behind the eight ball there but you know you get a lot of kickback from different lawyers in your firm who are old school who still (laughs) like flicking paper and all that kind of stuff but 
COVID made us do that immediately. And literally yeah. going paperless was an overnight event. But the upside of that is the cost is just reduced by so much. Like we were yeah. we were paying, um, and I don't know about you, but, you know, with conveyancing, there's so many files <laughs> and you've got to keep them for seven years. And so we were paying between $500 and $1,000 a month just on archiving. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So that cost now we don't have to worry about and we're still paying for archiving because we've still got files from, uh, you know, in the last seven years. But I'm looking at, you know, by the time we get five years down the track, we're not going to have any archiving, which is yeah. going to be brilliant. That's where I am now. So seven or eight years ago, well, probably longer than that, actually, maybe 10 years ago, we started scanning our archive files. But because I was that procrastinator and chicken, <laughs> we still kept the files, right? Yes. So we have only just now um, got to the point where we're not paying for archiving. Everything's destroyed now. That's awesome. So let's go back to 1999. So you find your premises with your yeah. fit out. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, with your fit out. I hit the jackpot. Yeah, you have a... <laughs> Uh, did you have a wireless phone or a plug-in phone back then? It would have been plug-in, plug-in phone. Um, you've got your fax machine. You've got your photocopier. You're dictating onto a tape, onto, onto a tape, a, on the micro cassette or a mini cassette or whatever they were. And so, tell me who your first employee was, and and how did you uh, take that big step? Because inside the scalable business lounge, this is something that a lot of people. You know, this is a big scary thing for them is, is yeah. you know, um, when do I get my first employee? Who is that person and can I afford them? Yeah, I was super lucky. Um, my granddad was my male boy. <laughs> oh, I love granddad. God love him. He used to pick up the mail in the morning and drop it off in the afternoon to the mail and the DX. And when I got um, started to get really busy, I, my mum came in. And answered the phones, and she oh, did it's a real filing. family affair. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and then my daughter came in after school, and she did, you know, all that sort of, you know, whatever kids do, running around delivering things. Because back then, remember, I'm I'm purely conveyancing, so she was dropping off and picking up contracts for yeah. local age. So she wasn't running down to the pub at four o'clock to get you to sign things. <laughs> no, she was not. <laughs> <laughs> my granddad was going, you know, driving, you know, half an hour to the council to pick up the zoning certificates and calling into the water board and stuff. It was great. Yeah. That's funny. So um, so you started out that way and then in this time, so what was your next kind of big sort of jump up in your firm, do you think? Um, your next level that you reached where you were sort of you survived to get to the next level and you got there what did that look like I think it was hiring strangers yeah um so that was really a, a big thing um I was lucky enough um to have a, a girl that I worked with when I was actually working for David we job shared so she came on and worked three days a week. So she was literally like your twin that you then, yes. yeah, how wonderful. Yeah, so we worked very similar. Um, so she was really the first major sort of hire I had. I had um, 
she was like in a paralegal role, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Lisa was just so good, you know, for me. But before that, I'd had, you know, juniors answering the phone and, um, you know, stepping into, um, you know, filling the role where, you know, granddad was or yeah, 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 <laughs> mum yeah. was, you know. Um, we had, you know, another secretarial hire for, you know, again, that conveyancing stuff. So it's all process-driven. Yes. Yeah, and over time. So um, tell me about, because this is, I think, of interest to a lot of listeners. You were in a practice area you did not really love and you then transitioned into another practice area. How did that sort of come about? Um, Did you have to, was it difficult for you to give up doing the conveyancing? Was it scary? Or, you know, how did that all happen? It happened, Carly, because I felt sorry for a client and thought, okay, I'll help you. I don't know anything about this. And naively went off and started. So was that a family law matter? Yeah, yeah. And the, the second one that I felt sorry for and ended up doing a lot of that work and liking it yes. uh, was care and protection stuff. Right. And so interesting. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And... um I think because I hadn't been taught formally by or mentored by someone, it took me a bit, I was a bit slow on the uptake of, you know, learning, especially family law, but now it's all right. If anybody has any questions, they can ask. Yeah. <laughs> so you just made all the mistakes. <laughs> so you, you accidentally fell into these, um, yeah. these different files. And then how did you sort of decide that, right, I'm not going to do conveyancing anymore? Yeah, well, not going to offer that as area. We haven't actively pursued that for probably over ten years, but um, we've just been doing it for repeat clients, and then they'll refer someone, and you know, and um, we've only just, I suppose, in the last three months, said no. That's it. Even if someone's referred to us, we're just going to say no. Yeah. Further on, and that's hard. That's hard to say. No to a referral, currently because very, I feel very like I, I'm letting down the person who's referred, made the referral. Yes, and I also feel that you have, um, you know, like you know, the couple of family law clients that you took on, you took them on because you felt sorry for them. Um, so you know, you you have this, you want to help people. Yeah. So if the, there's work coming in the door and it's a trusted person who's referring you the work, it must be incredibly hard to say. Yeah no, I can't help you with that anymore. Yeah. The hardest one so far has been one of um, my mates from school, who I still see, but his daughter. I'm buying a house. It's my first home. And I really had to, you know, say no, even though my heart was saying, just do this one, it'll be fine. And so why do you think, like, what do you think the benefit of it is saying no? Like, I I have a lot of um, opinion around this topic yeah. um, but what do you think the benefit is? I think that the benefit is um, twofold. Conveyancing is not um, it's no longer brings me joy. It's no, no longer a pleasure to do. Yeah. Um, and secondly um, from a process perspective and the way work and things are running and flowing in the office 
it it disrupts that. Yes, a hundred percent. I think mm. um, when you're when you're not doing something all the time, yeah, um, and it's not part of what you do, this one little thing, it's like this. Re- it's like a clink and a chain, and it just disrupts the whole f- workflow. It does, it and really then does. that conveyance, like that, you used to be really great at, but I mean, things have changed now as well so much. Yeah, um, and you might not have a team that's readily doing those things. Um, those tasks just just end up being such a headache and so unhelpful. Yeah. yeah, when it's only a small part of your practice and you sort of still got to keep up, like you say, you've got to keep up with what's going on and it's just, no, I, I'm not doing enough of it to enjoy it, to um, make so, so if something, if something comes along that's different that I haven't seen before or it's then a big deal because I've got to go and, work it out or because I feel sorry for someone. So in the last, you know, you've been in practice in your own practice now 22 years or 23 years. What do you think has been like the biggest challenge you've faced in that time? Oh, confidence. Confidence in myself, confidence in um, my decision-making, the slow realisation despite reading you know, book like The E-Myth where I <laughs> I read it and said, oh, my God, I've just got myself a job. So was that, the, did you There's read no that? boss here. <laughs> did you read that after I sent that to you? No. Or you read it before? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'd read it a long, long time ago, I, like probably almost 20 years ago probably. Yes, yes. But, it's such um, a brilliant book, isn't it? I send it out to everyone who joins the Scalable Business Lab. Yes. <laughs> it's such a simple read, but it's just it's just absolutely the truth. Right. Yeah, no, it's it is it's so so good. Um, but it also that book also taught me about process. Mm. You know, you've got to try and have a system in place. And um, what I'm slowly learning, and again, I feel like I'm the slow learner in the group, um, is that I have to have it has to come out of my head and into a process for someone else to see. So. It's um when when you're uh, running the business, it's very hard to take time because you're working in the business. Hard to time take take time out of the business to go. Okay, I need two weeks to put this process together. I need yes, you know, it's very I hard to do that. There's so many. You, you worry, sorry, you worry about income. You worry about you know servicing clients, all of those things, if you're just going to put your blinkers on and go, right, I need to do this, that's a very hard. I'm struggling with that. A hundred percent. I'm getting there, but, you know. There's so many jobs. And like you said, you bought yourself, you started your own firm and you bought yourself a job. Yeah. Um, because, and it's often the hardest job you've ever had because oh. you've got so much more responsibility than you've ever had. Um, there's no entitlements with this job of being a, a, a business owner. If you don't make enough money that month, uh, you're the one who doesn't get paid and you're yep. the one who doesn't get super, but everyone else does. Yes. Um, so, you know, like there's some harsh realities with being your own business owner, isn't there? Your Absolutely, own yeah. Yeah, and so that's why it's, you know, so important to get it to a level where you're not having to stress so much about that type of thing. Yeah. Um, 
So what's been your biggest learning, do you think, inside the Scalable Business Lounge or the takeaways that you're taking away from being a part of that group? I think that the group is actually quite good. It's giving, watching other people um, as well is helping me understand that it's okay for me to step away. It's okay for me to to trust other people. I have had some disasters in the past, but I have got a great team at the moment and I just took, as you know, I just took four weeks off. Which is awesome that you yeah, did that. I know. How did the firm go? Tell us about it. They were fine. Well, of course, you know, things, you know, shit hits the fan, right, the minute you go away. But um, they handled it well. They feel, A few times they said that they were either crying or curled up in, curled up in the fetal position. <laughs> with you know but that's just client stuff you know where they yes. couldn't offload to me I think they handled it brilliantly they did everything there was nothing I didn't come back to any anything on fire or <laughs> yeah no law cover claims or anything like that so and I and I said to them like thank you so much you've done a great job so we're heading off to um because we do have such a great team and they've met targets and stuff like you know that you've told us to set in the within the group uh the scalable business lounge um we booked five days in bali we've oh got, awesome yeah the the team the whole lot admin and all we're all going. oh the whole you're taking your whole team yeah we're going, yeah we're all going to bali for five days i think so that's awesome that's awesome so when are you going to do that um it's booked. We we fly out the first of September. How fabulous! So yeah. everyone gets three days off work, or is it there? A- yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And are you just going to put the answer phone on, or how are you going to manage? We've got a, a locally in our our area, and again, the importance of networking and building those relationships. Um, we have a, a couple of local VAs. Yeah. Are- and we we do this over Christmas because we close for three weeks every Christmas. Um, we just transfer the phone to them. They answer the phone, email the messages. It's all good. Yeah, awesome. That's so fabulous. I bet you're yeah. super excited about that. They, they, are. <laughs> they are. I am too. I think it's really nice to be able to um, show that you appreciate what what they're doing, you know. And don't get me wrong, you know, like they know that as a business owner um, there's targets and things to be met and we we have to work as a team and we do our best. We're pretty good, you know. Like I said, we're pretty flexible. We all work together. It's not I'm the boss so I'm not going to photocopy. It's none of that around here. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so they're just such a good team that I just want to make sure that they understand how much we appreciate them. That's so, so fantastic. Yeah. So you've been able to implement enough that you can take a little bit of time out for yourself, which is great. And having a whole month away from the firm is, you know, it, it's a decent amount of time. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it can be scary to do that. But did you kind of come back feeling like, oh, well, this this can run without me. It doesn't necessarily need me if I'm um, getting yeah the tasks off my plate and getting them onto someone else's plate yeah what what I thought when I came back was I need to hire again but it's tricky to find someone who fits in because we aren't 
I suppose, a traditional law firm where people are walking around in suits and being all fancy. We're nothing like that. But the good thing is, is that not everyone wants that. Yeah. (laughs) And I think more and more people don't want that. You know, we're we're moving into um, a, a really great time, I think, in law where we can really carve our own path and it doesn't have to be the path that was carved yeah. um, for us by firms that were established 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's like it's really exciting to be a law firm owner these days because, you know, you can be, if you want, a lawyer that works from the beach or you can be um, a law firm owner that, you know, has like I do, you know, months a year off work, going away on trips or doing whatever. Yeah. Um, or, you know, picking your kids up from school. Like you really can create that freedom if you implement, like yeah. you said, the processes for everyone to follow so that your yeah. legal team know what to follow. So that's so good that you're doing that. So mm-hmm. what's what's in the future um, in terms of uh, your firm and moving your firm forward? For me personally, I want to get to a point where I'm only working three days a week. Um, at the moment, I'm I have Tuesday mornings off to take my, or I try to most weeks, um, to take my youngest granddaughter, who's three, mind you, to gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, a joyful thing to do during the week. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I think we need another hire another senior lawyer. Um, I spent many years thinking that I had to hire a junior lawyer to train up and I just had that mentality that, you know, no, this is what you do. Nobody's a loyal employee anymore. No, they're not. They're not. The problem with that is that, one, if you'd spend all your time training the junior lawyer, yeah. that's a lot of time off your plate when you're already busy. It's not trying to supervise them yeah I get anxious they're anxious and it's just a shit show yes and and not all of us are built for that type of mentoring either um and it can be really difficult and the other difficulty is is that you've then got someone who you're training for the next two or three years before they're really profitable and you're firm uh and then they often um yeah so you know having um a senior hire who can hit the ground running, yeah. possibly like bring more experience to your firm than you've ever had before yeah. um, and, you know, um, be even possibly better than you is, yeah. is the best, I think, the best option. Yeah. And, and that's true. And that's I think that's what I say higher for your weaknesses and um, I'm really lucky that um, both of our senior lawyers are really great on detail and you know following through on things me not so much and that can leave you to be creative which I know that you love being creative yeah um so what other and and sort of be the visionary of the firm as well because no one else is doing that role or doing that role so what part of running your law firm or or being a law firm owner do you love the most do you think oh I think it's it's the people. It, I do like um, my favourite client at the moment. Of course, it changes you know, from time to time. Yes. One minute, you know, family law is my favourite. The next minute is estate planning. But at the moment, 
estate planning clients are my favourite. Um, I just enjoy working with them and making sure everything's set up for them and seeing how excited they are and thinking, oh, my God, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. And then I go, oh, yeah, this is what we need to do. I didn't, I'd never, um, I've never worked in estate planning, but I imagine, you know, like with family law, you're dealing, it's an area of law where someone's got a really tough pain point that we're trying to help them with. Oh, yeah. And people don't talk about it. Yeah, and it can be just such a tough time for them and the lawyer is definitely not their friend. It's nearly like another enemy just about um, because, you know, they don't want to be in the process and it's just so difficult for them. Um, Whereas with estate planning, I imagine um, it can be actually, you know, like it's not so much of a pain point as a risk management issue and sort of planning for the future and planning for your family. So it's uh, a bit more, I feel like you'd get a better vibe of a client. Oh, yeah. Which is? Um, that's that's true. Nine out of ten at the moment are all planning and they're all starting to travel again and, you know, they're wanting to make sure everything's all set up. We do get the sad ones where someone's really sick and they need to, um, you know, have their documents done urgently, that sort of thing, but. And even then, you, you it's a it's a nice feeling that you get as a lawyer because you are actually helping someone. You know, you're putting their mind at rest. Yes, yeah. This is, you know, they're going to get, you know, their wish type thing. That's right. So, um, how can people connect with you and find you? I am on um, LinkedIn. I am on Facebook. Instagram, you'll find me as Chronicles of Granny because that's what I am, Granny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, and then the the firm is obviously on Facebook and Instagram as well. So so it's Stanford's um, Family Law and Mediation? Stanford's Solicitors and Mediators. And um, I think the handles are just Stanford Solicitors, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll put those on our show notes as well. So if you'd like to connect with Kelly, you can do that over um, on our show notes. I'll link her website thank um, you. so that you can find her really easily. And thank you so much for coming on um, on the podcast. It's always great having students of the Scalable Business Lounge on here. And I absolutely love watching you, um, you know, implement and grow as you're, as you're going. Yeah. Uh, it's a great program. I can I highly recommend it to people. It is, um, it's hard work. It's not easy work. It's hard work. But it's, um, once you've done it, sorry, it's my phone. <laughs> um, once you've done it, it's set up. For you, you know what I mean? Yes. Well, I always say to people, it's like buying a gym membership. You can't buy a gym membership and expect to lose weight or gain <laughs> muscles or whatever it is result you want without actually going there and doing yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and it's similar to that, isn't it? Because yeah. we have, you know, people who join and they show up um, like yourself and they make, you know, massive inroads in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's definitely you know the you've definitely got to put the effort and the work in. Absolutely, but yeah. it's well worth it. I would put the effort and the work in, even if it was only for the four week holiday a year, where you don't <laughs> have to stress. But it's for so much more than that because oh, it's more than that. The, you're growing a team, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'm having a lot of, I, I, like I said, we shut for three weeks at Christmas. And so I know for the next couple of years, we've got plans where we will be away for four weeks in the middle of the year as well. So, <coughs> um, you know, those systems have to be there. They yeah. have to, you know, be operational so that I can step back and have freedom. Yeah. <laughs> have freedom. Have freedom and also just have that white space to be a creative visionary yeah. owner rather than someone who's like head down, you know, in client files all the time. We've yeah. just got no mental capacity um, to take anything or to have that sort of flow, you know. Yeah, and, and that's where it's hard, I think, when you're starting a business. Um, if you're in that startup phase, you will struggle um, with doing your client work but then being creative which is the fun stuff, I think is the fun stuff, doing the social media, doing, you know, um, thinking about blogs or even yeah. writing stuff for um, or talking to your mates about, you know, workflow and what should, what do you think? Do you think this is okay, this step? Do you think this is that? I mean, I'd hate to tell you how many hours Elspeth and I have spent on the phone or even Bron, you know, talking about, you know, cost agreements and, should we do this or should we do that? I mean, how nerdy is that? But, <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's the <laughs> benefit of having um, a, a group, a, yeah. a group um, of people in there who are all in business, all worrying about all these same little things. Same thing. Yeah. And it's better that you've got people um, to have those conversations with and to nerd out over a cost agreement than to have to do it alone. You know. Yeah, um, that's so important, and I think you know, it, there's it's been a lonely path to be a law firm owner, and you definitely would have found that as well. And it's not yeah. in the last few years that there's been options to have this that's connection with people. Yeah, so you do feel alone, and you do, like they say, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. So right. I, you know have not been running a business for 23 years. I've been running a job for the majority of that, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. And it's only in the last few years that I've gone, hmm, hang on, this is a business. Yeah. And it's slowly taken me that time. I mean, you know, call me slow, but <laughs> that's what's happened. It's the reality. Well, I think, you know, when when you're isolated, um, yeah. Things and busy, definitely and busy with work, yeah. and busy with work, and you you then just think that well, this is what owning a law firm looks like, and it's not until you start sort of looking outwardly, and we can do that now with social media. Um, we couldn't, we didn't have that opportunity before, and it's only been in the last um, you know five years maximum in Australia that lawyers have been appearing on social media. Mm. That's true. You know, lawyers and law firm owners, like we are slow to yeah, we um, are. move with the times when it comes to business. We really are. Um, we're only just starting to peek our head out now to go, well, this is how we can run this business. Like there's all these different options. We don't have to run it like like where I just left from runs theirs or the old practice you know, where there's the older bloke who's been practicing law the same way for 40 years. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're emerging and um, out of that we're able to be connected with each other and learn from each other, which is really awesome. 
And I actually think women are leading the way um, in that area because we are um, making or creating practices that suit ourselves and suit our own lifestyle. And I love to see um, and watch new firms opening where, you know, their mums and they're doing all sorts of things. And I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous, you know, um, in the sense that I wish I'd been able to do that with my kids when they were younger. But yeah, that's right. I couldn't. I didn't go to sports carnivals. I didn't do any of that stuff. Whereas now these women that I'm watching now, I'm cheering them on because they're, they're doing all of those things. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's all about the flexibility. And yeah. also, you know, it's only been, like we said before, very recently that people yeah. can sort of start up these more or less online firms. Yeah. Yeah, most people are still kind of um, seemingly looking like they've got a shop front with different serviced office facilities and stuff like that. But the reality is, is it's them and a phone and they're sitting at home um, doing a great job impacting and serving their clients. Yeah, that's that's true. And that's just so good. And um, yeah, it's it's a lovely thing to be part of, really. Yeah, it is. Well, we'll leave it there, but it was awesome having a chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast brought to you by the Scalable Business Lounge. If you would love to learn how to scale your law firm without burnout, then join my free workshop at caroliefontanelli.com. Until next time, you have got this.